Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. And we are closing out the year 2020 with a good one, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, we... Our walk, we watched Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, a cute bop. Um, if you don't know what the, like, <laughs> I don't know. We obviously won't have any history of it because it came out this year. And, like, I didn't do, like, extensive yeah. research on it. Um, I know that, like, peop- like, a person who worked on The Greatest Showman worked on this. I know a few of the actors. John Legend. Uh, worked on the score with yeah. another guy uh, who I don't know, but his whose name is Philip Lawrence, um, who I think works with Bruno Mars. Um, and then, so like Anika Noni Rose is in this movie. Yes. But when I first saw her, I did not recognize her as Anika Noni Rose. <laughs> it was only like towards the when she started to sing, I was like, is that Anika Noni Rose? <laughs> See, I was, was anticipating that, was that she just, was going to be in it. I didn't know. I didn't know at all. And I, it's just like my brain just did not crack the visual of her. Yeah. I think the hair threw me. I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah, as soon as she opened her mouth to sing, I was like, Tian, uh, Tanika. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, Felicia Rashad's in this. Um, Keegan-Michael Key. Um, and Forrest Whitaker is in this as well. Um, yeah. If you haven't and, seen... And Ricky Martin? Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> How could I forget Ricky Martin? <laughs> uh, like, yeah. completely through me. <laughs> if you haven't seen anything about this movie, which, you know, I don't know your life. You might be very <laughs> anti-Netflix. Um, I would describe it as like a mainly black casted period piece set in like a steampunk version of like the future um, scenes in the Disney movie Meet the Robinsons, like mashed up with this The Greatest Showman and that one Imaginarium Emporium movie with like Natalie Portman in it or something. <laughs> yes, yes, that it is all of that is how I would describe it. I feel like that's an accurate description. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. But of course, it hinges on the fact that you oh, know boy. any of these references that I threw at you. This is true. It's called Jingle Jangle, which made me think of um, the Riverdale, <laughs> Riverdale drug. <laughs> That was named after the Archie song. Anyways, Netflix. I don't. Um, Riverdale is lost on me. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we watched that one musical episode um, together, so yes, we, we maybe did, they they, was they may have mentioned. <laughs> anyway, this is not Riverdale talk. Um, it is. <laughs> Tell me more time with the podcast. We were watching the musical and then we talk about it. And the musical that we watched was Jingle Jangle. So let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So um, 
this movie came out this year, so there's not much um, else. But uh, so we open the film on a young girl. She's watching the flames, and there seems to be something akin to fairies dancing in the flames. Um, a boy who I assume is her brother uh, comes to get her and doesn't see anything within the flames implying that it's some kind of magic that only um children uh, who uh, believe, believe yeah. in tales will see um which is not an uncommon trope uh, but we actually find out that it's a bit um important to the entire plot of the movie yeah. and then felicia rashad appears and <laughs> she is the, the no listen she appeared i went into this movie not knowing a single actor that was going to appear right like i i watched nothing so when she appeared i was like ah. <laughs> i was like oh this is going to be a great film now all right i see where we're going so she appears she is the grandmother to these um two children and she sees that um the young girl is looking a bit down having spoken with her brother and realizing that maybe she's the one in the wrong for seeing what shouldn't be in the fire in the fire and seeing this the grandmother then decides to tell them a bedtime story and the boy wants one that i don't remember what it is but she decides to tell them a different story oh it was the night before christmas was the one that he wanted she begins to tell them the story of jeronica's jangle and the book that she reveals, um, Jingle Jangle, it clockworks itself into life, and by the by the sound of her voice, so it's a voice activated clockwork, which amazing, um, but <laughs> like I said, steampunk. Yes, very much. Uh, it opens up as she's telling the story and we have these little figurine characters that appear kind of like a pop-up but if a pop-up were better she's telling the story of Jeronica's jangle who is this uh, great inventor of toys and things not sort of like if Willy Wonka did not make chocolate but instead made toys um he is known in his town for being the greatest inventor of all and his shop which as you said is very akin to Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium kind yeah. of a thing there's things flying everywhere poppers and whistlers and all of the kids are excited every day to go and see this magical place of whimsy and wonder and Jeronicus has an assistant named Guff. This is this name is gonna haunt me throughout Gustafs the entirety of Gustafsson? this podcast. Gustafson. Gustafson. He is an eager apprentice to Jeronicus, and he has his own invention, the Twirly Whirly, but it's not quite finished yet. And it sort of breaks apart when he's trying to show it off in comparison to Jeronicus's items that seem to be fairly solid uh, in their construction, comparatively. He <laughs> gets mail, Jeronicus does, and it is the component, an ingredient, 
to his latest invention that he's been working on and they start to sing about the invention yes in the song this day which is a bop but i mean all the songs to me are bops <laughs> they're just such a fun time it really is yeah yeah anyway like the moment you hear it you immediately i immediately got the um greatest showman of it all i mean i've not seen the greatest showman but i've heard some of the songs and like this gave me that vibe immediately yeah it, it really it really does um my only quorum with that song is at the end I fully expected a higher harmony to happen that just did not <laughs> listen to it tell me if you understand what I mean because it just didn't happen and I was like is it because it was too predictable you just left it out I was denied the satisfaction that I expected <sighs> please <laughs> Please. No, but you just anyway. The song was good regardless. Yes. Still. <laughs> so Geronicus, I forgot to mention, has a wife, Joanne, and a daughter, Jessica. Uh they all uh participate in singing about the wonderful component that's gonna change their lives. The I don't know, the celebration of it as like it's gonna change our lives forever. I'm like, you're already successful. I don't know if they like painted it as that like they're struggling a little bit, but there's potential. And then this thing came in. I'd be like, sure. But people are already singing the praises of this man. <laughs> so I'm like, where are the yeah. stakes? <laughs> then they 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 come in very swiftly with Ricky Martin. <laughs> they do. Uh, so Geronicus. And Jessica uh, both get ready immediately to start inventing, inventing, invent, inventing to the chagrin of Gustafson, who Gust Gustafson Gussie. who desperately wants. <laughs> I'm not calling him Gussie. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to get his name right. <laughs> I am. I. I don't care what I have to do. I will get his name right. Gustafson, who desperately wants Geronicus uh, to help him with the twirly whirly, even though Geronicus has given him advice on what to do. I. I don't know why Gustafson hasn't applied the things that Geronicus said to do. Still, um, I think he, I think just, he just doesn't get wants... it. Because like. Even because like even later when they like when we flash forward into what will be the present, um, like he is there's a like a set um, a line somewhere where he's still like trying to figure that out. So I think it's just him not knowing how to do it. Um, Fair enough. Geronicus does seem to be very in his head about a lot of things uh we we see more of that later on when he's older but as he is now i think he just gets terribly um excited and hyper focuses 
on a thing and then um he he he's gonna deal with it when it comes around and this was not the time for yeah. twirly whirly it was time for final ingredient and nothing could take up that space so uh they both get ready to start inventing Jeronicus and jessica and we see for the first time the bit of scientific magic that uh is a part a through line uh throughout this movie where the the symbols and the the mathematics of it is just meant to symbolize i think his creative process as he's going through of but then it's also sort of like a tangible thing because it seems later on Journey can also see the same things, but Geronicus has lost the ability to. So, yeah. I, and then I, I, I'm not sure how real it is if they're like tapping into a different plane and it's just <laughs> like they can see these things because they believe in them or they see these things because it's an actual like part of their brain that they can access like I don't know what it is but I think maybe it's, it's a, a combination like it's like um, it's gen- it is clearly genetic uh, even though it seems to have yeah. skipped a generation it's clearly genetic so I would say there is some form of like biological component to it and that that it is a part of them but also in well, order it doesn't to seem to access that they need to believe in it i i that's how i sort of uh, processed it i don't think it is that it skipped a generation i think that jessica had the potential to see it i think it was a thing that you can acquire and learn i think it's something that you have innate and i think with the death of her mother and the fact that Geronicus pushed, like, didn't necessarily push her away, but didn't welcome her uh, towards him with any kind of warmth afterwards. Yeah. I think, like, he lost his ability to see, see it. She never fully attained it like she maybe could have. Right. And so she just kind of moved on with her life because her life got very severely serious. And she didn't have Geronicus there to like help her see the whimsy and the wonder anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I think she just pursued a more... Because she pursued a life that was different and potentially more serious, then she didn't have that opportunity. But she made a life that was able to host the whimsy for a journey. Right. And so when Journey started developing the ability, she kind of encouraged it. Uh, where, whereas I think Geronicus was so desperate to try to hold on to his spark when he lost it that there was nothing left to foster any kind of spark in Jessica. Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of what I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Sense. I mean, uh, look, we're because... <laughs> we're debating the like <laughs> biological, physical, chem- chemical, <laughs> like world of a very fictional um, story. So, like, I know, but it's I it's it's not so much about the actual like the actual thing that is displayed. It, it's more about like 
having the ability within yourself to imagine and create and what kind of environment fosters that for you yeah um because after after so I, I was about to say after what happened happened but let's just actually talk about it so uh <laughs> While they're inventing, what happens is um, Geronicus, the, the final ingredient, goes through a machine that is then uh, creates a liquid that is then deposited into this very tiny automaton kind of thing. It's called Don Juan Diego. It's a doll, but it has mechanics. And when this final attuned ingredient is dropped into this doll, it powers it up and it actually becomes alive. It is sentient in a way that it has a personality. It is self-aware. It is yeah. It is artificial intelligence. Yeah. It uh, created yeah. an AI. Very much so. <laughs> very much so. It develops a personality very immediately but he decides that he wants to be the only one yeah. of himself like I he mean, his, finds that he is he's a uh Pladora, well matador um and like and it, he has like the doll itself and it, it has like this big like personality of like when bulls see me, they slay themselves because of how amazing I am. He says something along those lines. And he's got, like, this big, like, huge-ass fucking ego. And he's like, look at me. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. <laughs> and, like, the second that um, uh, he's told that, like, oh, you're great and you're going to be mass-produced and all these kids will have you, he's like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. I am special. I would like to remain that way. Thank you so much. Like, he immediately is opposed to it. And then you're like, aha, the villain. <laughs> like, immediately there is conflict. This was too, this was too happy yeah. already. <laughs> the family leave, essentially, which I can understand why. Because they trust Gustafson. But what they should have realized was that they could not trust Diego. So, <laughs> uh, but I mean, to be fair, he's a fucking doll. I wouldn't have been terrified. I, I wouldn't have been, like, threatened either. I would have been like, yeah, whatever. He's got an ego, but he's also a fucking doll. So, we're good. I know. I know. But the thing is, they introduced another intelligent creature Right. into that situation yeah it's just like gustafson gustafson won't do anything to their detriment on his own sure and initially when he's left alone with diego he's vehemently against anything that diego is saying and what diego is saying is that because geronicus essentially leaves him behind he's not so integral to their unit uh, that he could be potentially a great inventor if he decides to do what is necessary and Gustafson isn't paying attention to him 
but that's the thing when you introduce someone who then begins to seed ideas that you hadn't necessarily thought about that would be so easy actually to execute because you're there and they wouldn't expect it so of course that could be and then it just devolves and the song borrow indefinitely is just (laughs) yeah it just defines the whole moment borrow indefinitely (laughs) i don't know why that makes me laugh but it it did tickle me um but yeah it is a thing of like already like he the don juan or whatever is it diego don juan right don juan diego yeah he like tapped in immediately into the um unappreciatedness um of gustafson and so of gussie and so um like yeah it was very easy to be like come on it's so easy just do this thing you're just borrowing it you're just borrowing it you'll bring it back just like yeah just make a whole different like imaginarium emporium or whatever and then also discontinue any plans of making more of me because that is my goal here which is like okay <laughs> as a goal it's like yeah sure but then yeah everything also can i can i just illustrate because we get propelled into the future not too long after this yeah. and diego is still going it's like 30 years <laughs> and the battery quote unquote does not run out yeah that, what did geronicus make <laughs> <laughs> You're right, you're right, yeah. That elixir of life, it was literal life, I think. <laughs> it was literally it's the breath of life. It's a little much. <laughs> Gustafson executes Diego's plan. Um, Geronicus returns. Did we make clear what the sure plan was? How... In that it was oh. to take the book and like all of the plans and shit. All the blueprints we have now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and then he left with all of them. And sad times for the yeah people. I can't remember their surname. The Jangles. The Jangles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Geronicus returns. Uh, not too long. I'm not too sure how much time passes, but it's enough time for Diego and Gustafson to abscond with his book of inventions, um, all his future plans. And uh, Geronicus is heartbroken. Uh, Just the the thought that such a thing would happen. I think Gustafson was his most trusted uh, apprentice. Uh, And Geronicus had actually returned to share some food with Gustafson. So it's just the the entire moment just flips on its head. And he's out in the street shouting for Gustafson, but he's absconded. And the police don't... I don't... Okay, so (laughs) there was no proof that it happened. Yes. Um, And that's why the police don't 
but I'm just like, do, do they not have handwriting analysis? But I guess Diego did say like half of like half of the work in there was his, as in Gustafson. Yeah. I think Jeronicus probably had Gustafson writing the notes as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. But Still, like, I mean, even in that would, case, though, like, wouldn't I would as <laughs> putting myself in a police officer's head, but like as law enforcement, when I'm told by this very reputable man that everybody who has a very successful business that his plans for the business, that things that keep him going, that keep his business going, have been taken by his apprentice. I would look into that, like, like actually look into that, because what it seems is that they just like immediately wrote it off. They were like, eh, no proof, goodbye. But like, I would have been like, uh, let's investigate that. Let's see how true that is, right? Find the guy, look at the, the plans, and yes, maybe there's both of them have contributed to it, and then you have to go to like, I don't know, family court, I don't know, <laughs> civil court to like fight it out. I know, but, I just, um, yeah, I just, I just think like, I know like for the sake of the, for the sake of the story, that wasn't the point well, of yeah. it, but I'm just like, <laughs> I, I just feel like there should have been more involved in him trying to get that book back from Gustafson. But I think Geronicus was just so in shock that such a thing could happen right that he didn't pursue it potentially the way that it should have been pursued sure Ooh, a line from borrow indefinitely that i forgot to mention that like made me laugh <laughs> is that uh don juan says um look at us like something along the lines of like look at us both of us are cast aside and i was like man you were just invented no one cast you aside not one person's cast you aside. You were just left on a table for a couple minutes. Relax. Um, but I just want that lyric to be well, funny. I mean, he, I mean, he was flipping out when the family looked away from him for like even a second. So what happens afterwards, once the inventions are, the invention plans are stolen, is Geronicus is... His his he finds it hard to focus. He finds it hard to find that spark of the spark of creation. <laughs> he he, it's difficult for All him. All right, Stephen Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me live. I <laughs> can't help it. Uh, but yeah, he it he doesn't seem to be able to work the way that he used to work. And because nothing new is coming out, a lot of people stop coming to the store, which leads them into a bit of hard times financially. And then Joanne, his wife, gets ill and dies. You know, <sighs> and just your standard, like, a woman having to die to develop someone else's character. True. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying not to just be like, we get introduced to this lovely 
woman and she's just okay and she's dead all right yep. cool cool yep. cool 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 yep. tight 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 um <laughs> and because of all of this happening in conjunction Geronicus feels as though he is failing Jessica like he like she'd be better off without him because he can't create he can't do what he used to do to bring any joy in their lives and now her mother is gone so he pulls away from her at a time when potentially she would need him the most not potentially most definitely she's like a whole child (laughs) so yes yeah well i mean because it's being told through the dolls we don't actually know how much time passes between the because we have a suddenly a 30 year gap so we don't know how much time passed it might have been like two years it might have been six months we don't know yeah but jessica eventually leaves geronicus to himself and the store jangles and things rather than being a world of wonder becomes a pawnbroker of miscellaneous items which is very sad he has a new apprentice who still apparently people still know him for what he used to do despite the fact that he's a pawnbroker now because his apprentice Edison who is a child child uh, <laughs> an entire and essentially kid. just sweeps the floors I think I think it's because he's a terribly miserable old man um, <laughs> and like no one really would want to work for him apart from someone who still believes before he crushes their spirit because I doubt that Edison has been the first apprentice to come to that store the way that he talks to yeah. To kids people. sometimes people yeah. in general he's yeah. just like so dismissive and it's like my guy i get you're going through tough times but woo, you're never fully dressed without a smile so kidding. <laughs> absolutely kidding never tell me to smile <laughs> absolutely never tell me to smile <laughs> well you know who is about to tell you to smile, Miss Johnston. Oh my so, Miss yes. <laughs> <Ms>. Johnston, Miss <laughs> Johnston arrives, and she is a widow who I don't know for how long, but is infatuated with Geronicus yes. Jerry, as she likes to call him. Like so, okay. Um, not to cut you off, but I. Uh wasn't entirely pleased by this character. Oh yes, no, continue. Because continue. Yes, it go is ahead. Such a trope like again of like a plus-size woman being obsessed uh-huh. with someone to the point of like uh-huh. insanity and like I don't know, it being played for laughs this like person being incredibly attracted to somebody else but it's like obviously played to the nth degree but it's just that it's very so often especially in like we see it a lot in like black media as well that trope of like the like the fat woman is like obsessed with this man and it's like so funny that she's like really into this person Um, but obviously they do make it very comically like obsessed obsessed kind of thing 
Um, we've seen it multiple times. We've seen it on um, uh, the show with Monique and this is her daughter. I don't know why. I'm not just talking about, but I don't I know just, what it's called. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. We see it a lot, and it's just like kind of like I don't know. <laughs> is that necessary? I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I get the com- the comedy of it all and introducing like a romantic um, interest, but we could have like sidestepped the trope, you know? I keep wanting to say all of us, the Parkers. but that's a different. We're the Parkers. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. What you're saying is very valid. I I did not like her characterization for the fact that she is so outwardly pursuant of Geronicus and he's clearly uncomfortable with it. Yeah, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> like it and she's just never dissuaded. Like constantly pursuing him yeah and i'm just like if this if 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 this were a man doing this to a woman it would not be funny yeah it would be terrifying even if it were played for laughs it would be kind of like wrong wrong take but all right Um, yeah and i'm not saying it's because it's probably because this kind of thing doesn't happen and it's so it's seen as a less predatory and more comedic like yeah. you said because haha look at this big woman as opposed to wow this big scary man you know yeah uh it's but still if if she wasn't so uh, aggressively going after Geronicus, i think i would like her more mm-hmm. uh also because that's the only aspect of her personality that we really get to see yeah. outside of anything else. is We just get to see her in the view of her affection for Geronicus. Yeah. Whereas she seems to be... I didn't even know what her job was clearly until she left the room that she delivers the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused. Still... Uh, she is just trying to brighten his life and she sings the song Miles and Miles. Uh, <laughs> Which, um, by the way, her singing voice is actually Marisha Wallace. If you've listened to the cast before, I've spoken about her a few times in our obsession section. Um, I didn't know this until I looked at the, the soundtrack. I was like, how did I not uh, pick this up? <laughs> <laughs> Because I was genuinely like, this is a good song. I like her singing. Of course I do. It's Marisha Wallace. Why didn't she just act it? Great question. Great question. Maybe because she was in London. Then again, I'm, maybe. But also, I'm... Because she, she was in the cast of Waitress. Before we... <laughs> when she starts singing... Yeah. And Geronica's fully acknowledges she's like what what are you doing and then the three men appear and he's like backup dancers <laughs> yes I'm like like so we are aware of the dancing and the backup singing okay established <laughs> thank you got it yeah cause the world needs to see you 
smile. Da 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 da. Something, something, something. Miles and miles and miles. Whatever. I don't know. Anyway, Marsha Wallace is doing a great job. I was fully, like, I didn't even realize, even while I didn't realize that it was her, I was just like, yes, this woman is singing and I am loving it. And just like all of the growling and the runs and like, oh my gosh, like, I absolutely hate what it is that you're doing, but I love your voice. Thank you so much. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the way. So, as she finishes and leaves with her trio of backup singers who i i love them by the way uh the mr delacroix who is the banker comes in and he's essentially telling geronicus that we've been giving you these loans and you've been promising us something spectacular you have not come through on this for that reason Unless you manage to get us something amazing by Christmas, which is apparently just a few days away, then they're going to have to like repossess his entire building and all of the assets inside. So I'm just like, cool, so he's going to lose his house on Christmas. We love when the bank does that. (laughs) (sighs) But also, this is the second time we've come across this plot device or this plot (laughs) point this Christmas. Like, what is going on at Netflix? And this is the, they're like, yes, take the business away. That is conflict. I mean, it is, but like, what's going on? So further away, we have Jessica. And Jessica has grown up having a different life than potentially she might have expected, which we don't get to see much of, but we see her as an adult. She has a daughter, Journey. Which I've just realized is in the title of the film. Oh yeah, <laughs> Christmas Journey. That's why I like. Uh, I don't know if it was audible, but the way that I said "journey" to begin with was was in alludes to like that. And, like it's about the girl. <laughs> also, her voice is so sweet. It's but so sweet. Journey is. The granddaughter of Geronicus, the daughter of Jessica, and she is a shut-in who likes to measure and invent things, and she is the the daughter of her grandfather, the the granddaughter of her grand the daughter of her grandfather. Swear to God, but she is like him, and because of that, she really wants to meet him based on the stories that her mother has presumably told her about Geronicus and the store where that she grew up in. And a letter arrives, which we later find out is written by Journey to Jessica from Geronicus. <sighs> this is when I These realized J-Ds. that all of their names were J, by the way. I was like, <laughs> oh, Journey, Jessica... And Joanne at the beginning as well. Uh, A letter arrives from Geronicus uh, telling Jessica that he would like to get to know Journey. And the the narration in the background was saying that Jessica uh, would never go to to the shop unless they were invited. And so with this invitation, she gives permission for journey to go on a journey uh, to meet her grandfather 
and she gets to the town and she is immediately excited oh, she runs herself. out i don't know how she I knows where to go i forgot to mention it <laughs> oh um, right not the only the one sorry like, in the bit where she's doing her little calculations i was like what is the word she's in the <laughs> little, doing her little calculations I know there's some place out there, and until the day is done, I'm gonna go and find it, so I'm not the only one. Yes, she knows where to go, but upon arrival, she realizes that Geronicus isn't there, and finds him in the square buying a single egg. And mm-hmm. upon meeting her, she introduces herself as his granddaughter, and he, he just is like, oh, "My granddaughter's name starts with, is is a J U, Juniper something." And she's just like, "I said my name is, <laughs> it's Journey." It's like, and he's like, "That's a J O U. I get that works." <laughs> I'm like, Bruh, are you okay? Do you? I mean, clearly not. But he's just so dismissive of anything that she she potentially has to say until he she presents him with a letter from Jessica. Yeah. Um, thanking him for letting her stay there, and he's listening to the letter, but he's so dismissive of her he doesn't catch the fact that Jessica is thanking him for a thing that he never did. Yeah. <laughs> like Brit. <laughs> anyway. But at that point we don't know that. <laughs> Still I mean it's fair enough. At this point we the audience aren't meant to know. But still I kinda caught that <laughs> bit of information early on. Nevertheless. Journey is permitted to stay. He's just annoyed that people will call him by his name. Because Journey just proceeds to call him uh, Grandpa Jay rather than Grandfather Geronicus, I guess, which is what he might have wanted. Who knows? And regardless, we shift perspectives now to Gustafson. Gustafson, Gustafson, Gustafson is, has a giant factory again the willy wonkiness of it all <laughs> he has a giant toy factory up on a hill it's the large bridge connecting and he is there to present new toys each year i think around christmas time but by now they got 30 years out of that book of inventions and yeah. now they've exhausted all of it him and don juan diego so gustafson has to go back to the twirly whirly and that is what he decides to present this year in the song magic man g you better believe i'm the magic man g can you dig it you can't spell magic without d no no Fun song. Did not know that Keegan Mike Keegan Michael Key could sing. Same. Um, have since I was, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. And then when I found out that Mitchell Wallace had sung the um, other lady, I was like, oh, did Keegan Michael Key have someone singing? No, no, it's him. And I'm pleasantly surprised. But isn't he in the prom? But the is he in the prom? 
I think he's he prom. is. I haven't watched the prom. I mean, I haven't yet, either. <laughs> I haven't either. I just realized <laughs> that he is in a, another musical. Um, anyways, another Netflix musical. I think that Keegan too. has just decided to stay on <laughs> Netflix now. <laughs> He's like, Jordan, you go and make those movies. I'm going to stay and sing on Netflix. This is my future now. <laughs> Honestly, it goes. <laughs> the twirly whirly goes awry. And it latches on to the face of one of the customers there uh, oh, that would potentially buy. The- he has to go to hospital. Diego uh, is unimpressed with the state of affairs and relates to Gustafson that what worked in the past might still work now. And Gustafson rightfully acknowledges the fact that Jangles and Things is a pawnbroker's now and nothing has come out of there in years. And Diego's like, there's always something there. And I'm like, you absolutely each have a toy. Like, I don't know what was in there when they made you, but... I wish someone would break you like <laughs> just in twain <laughs> like he's the size of your pe- your hand no I'm just like he's the size of your hand yeah and yet he's in charge essentially I mean okay <laughs> I understand how he's in charge because he persuaded this man that like together they could rule the world kind of thing and like Gustafson is depended on his leadership because he it wasn't his idea to steal the shit and like become mega rich borrow off of someone else's stuff indefinitely yeah it wasn't his idea but once he was persuaded into it like i feel like he was like i don't have plans man but like the evil little doll did so he's like i guess i'll follow you until you no longer are a thing if that is possible Back in the workshop, Jessica, not Jessica, Journey is still trying to get to know uh, Geronicus and sees him working on something potentially new. Not sure what it is. It seems to be some kind of component. And as she looks over his shoulder, she is fully aware of what he's doing, points out that uh, he's doing can, it wrong. Also, can we acknowledge <laughs> that their nonsense physics world, um, like uses terms like possible and spectacular and whatever as literal scientific yeah. words. The, cir- and the circumference like, of spectacular. Yeah, I was like, huh? <laughs> I understand <laughs> this is fantastical, but what? Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. It's a, it's a cute. But I mean, I can't, I can't fault them because they at least they they didn't have to. So there's levels to magic um, in fantasy. There's like hard magic and soft magic, mm-hmm. and hard magic is very much like okay, everything has rules and established things, and everything you have to like work at it. And then soft magic is like there are fairies. How do they work? Eh, they just kind of are <laughs> there. And like, there's magic in the ether. So this kind of 
threads the line in between where they have some established rules, but because this is a movie, we don't delve too much into the magic because it's not really the point of it. It kind of is a part of it, but it's not the main focus. Yeah. So we just kind of like pseudoscience magic it. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just know that there are some rules that they seem to be aware of. Yeah. And there's math involved. (laughs) (laughs) It is during this moment that it is revealed that Jessica can see the math magic. Journey. The mad the math I'm gonna call I'm gonna call it. Did I say Jessica again? I swear to God. (laughs) (sighs) All of these J names. (laughs) Journey can see the math magic. And Jeronicus can't. He lost the ability. Because he doesn't fully believe yeah, that he can see it, I think, is the thing. Mm-hmm. He just he's, he just doesn't believe in himself anymore. And it's denying him access to the kind of like when you're depressed and you can't <laughs> access the part of you that is creative, even though it sometimes fuels your creativity. It just doesn't. Anyway, uh, yeah. that is personal. <laughs> that is... So... <laughs> That is the TikTok of like, I don't want to take my medication. I'll lose my sparkle. And then like the sparkle is like just lying in bed for like hours on end. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, I relate to this. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But we find out after Jeronicus leaves that the thing that he's working on is a little robot which I'm Sir? so confused about because he made like a palm sized automaton yeah. so I don't see why it would be terribly difficult for him to but regardless you know it doesn't matter it's not I think it's more the fact that the creature that he's working on right now is a creation of Jessica's I think yeah. that's why um, the creation being the Buddy 3000, which is a little robot um, that is meant to be powered somehow, and Journey realizes that it is Jessica's because her name... Oh, I forgot! So, (laughs) when Journey first arrived, uh, Geronicus made her sign a contract that that states that she's not to touch, move, break (laughs) anything in the store. And she has to sign it in this ink. And she's convinced that there's no ink initially, but the pen is actually full of ink. It seems to be like a UV reactive ink or something. It comes uh, about when there's light. I bring this up because it's important later. <laughs> but <laughs> we we find out that uh, the Buddy 3000 is in Jessica's book. And then immediately afterwards, Journey is looking through the book and singing the song, The Square Root of Possible. Okay, so in one of my one of my classes, I find it really funny that two of my teachers were urging me to watch the movies that we co- ended up covering. Um, so not mm-hmm. the teacher that was like, you have to watch Christmas on the Square because it's absolutely bad and it's amazing that we can watch it, yada, yada. Different teacher it showed <laughs> us this song in class and like contextless we have no idea what's going on 
And so the, the clip ends and one of the people in my class is like, it's cute, but the square root of impossible is me. <laughs> what is that lyric? And they're like, no, 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 it makes sense <laughs> in context of the show. And I'm like, I mean, it does, having watched it. But also still a slightly dumb lyric. I mean, it's smart, but dumb. <laughs> anyway, so. I, it's I possible. Think... It's possible. The square root of impossible is me. I think I conflated the two lines, but whatever. <laughs> I think it's meant to represent, again, that you are, I think it's meant to represent kind of that you are the thing that might stand in your way of achieving something that is deemed impossible. Sure. Because Geronicus initially, when she's correcting him, is like, no, that's impossible. And he's like, but I can see it becoming possible if you do X, Y, Z. So I think I think that's what it's meant to represent because when you square root something, you begin to... You, you break it down and you find the it's primary components. Yeah. So I think she's not necessarily saying that she is the only square root of um, impossible. Yeah. But yeah, but I think she's saying that if you don't get in your own way of just marking things as impossible and leaving it, then you'll be able to break it down into the things that make it possible. Sure. Kind of I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm am not. I thinking too much into this song? <laughs> I mean, no. This entire episode is that. Um, just us doing that. <laughs> just thinking but also, too much. <laughs> but also, I absolutely understand and agree with that. I'm just saying, like, as a lyric, like, out, out of context... It's so dumb because it's like, what the fuck does that even mean, right? But in context of the movie, which is, I guess, like maybe a testament to like the specificity of the lyrics, um, it, 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 it was Fair enough. in context of the movie, it, it makes sense and it's like kind of cute and smart and whatever, um, which again is probably like praise for the specificity of how very specific the song is to this character um which is one of the things that make a good musical so i mean that's what yeah. lemon angle says <laughs> he's important um <laughs> anyways after the square root of impossible journey goes up into the hidden workshop i say hidden it's not like geronicus has told her about it specifically uh, but she goes up there, she's looking for the rest of the buddy, because if Geronicus is working on a component for it, he must have the rest of it somewhere in the shop. So she goes up to the workshop, Edison is there. Why, I don't know, it seems to be quite late for a child, unless he sleeps there sometimes, uh, because there is Gustafson's old right, bed true. there. Journey and Edison meet. Uh, Edison <laughs> Edison is like, do you want to be my apprentice? And Journey's like, do you want to be mine? I'm like, is this how kids 
I swear. Anyway. I mean, Addison I love, wants to know what Journey's up to. I love her confidence that, like, he is the one working for the grandpa. And she's like, actually, I know my worth. <laughs> and he's like, uh, <laughs> not sure about that. Because, you know, I spent more time with your, uncle, your grandfather. But okay, go off. Like I'm in, I'm I'm the second best inventor here, and she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I uh, don't <okay>. think. <laughs> Still, uh, they manage to locate the body of Buddy, and Journey just pushes in the component that Geronicus was working on, and I don't know why she would think he was done. But she does it. Nothing happens for a moment. And then Buddy sparks to life. It begins to glow in the chest area, which is the heart component, I guess. And it's alive. It seems to function again. Another AI. But this <laughs> one seems to function uh, with recording as well. Yeah. So it records things, echoes it back. It it's probably a little bit quickly. of a, a slightly archaic version of Don Juan in that it is sentient, but also takes a minute to calibrate that it's sentient. Yeah. It also has the big Wally eyes, which was not lost on me. Yes. They look like binocular eyes. Yes. Um. Also look like a Furby a little bit. <laughs> Her robe, like, Why would you say that? <laughs> it does not look like a Furby. Blasphemy. That's, that's what it reminded Why? me. Why? <laughs> that's Why? what it reminded no. me of. No. No. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's just... Ugh. I'm in such a mood now. Don't bring up Furbies for... <laughs> Sorry, did not know that it was the toy that should not be named, but I don't I don't have an issue with them. It's just now my brain is trying to mash them together and won't <laughs> stop. So that's just that's just gonna be what it is now. But yes. Uh buddy illuminates and they're like, yeah, what's up? I'm Buddy. And they're like, oh my gosh, you work. Yeah, it does work. And then work. they start flying. What's the point? Yeah. Like, they get so excited about the potential of Buddy that Buddy supercharges and begins to float and can also propel other people to float <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because <laughs> I... I would understand if the creation itself begins to float, but the fact that, like Tinkerbell, Buddy can just make people fly, but minus the fairy dust. Yeah. So. But you do have to believe in it. With the kids floating around the... Oh, yes, I do believe in fairies. I do, I do. Um, Oh, wait, no, that brings them back to life when they're dead. That's not... But still, (laughs) you believe in the thing, and the thing also comes to life, and then it can fly. And also helps you fly. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. This is good. (laughs) So the kids are floating around the workshop with the buddy. 
and who else is watching but Gustafson and Diego proving Diego's point that there is something in there uh, that is worthy of stealing the kids are floating around and Geronicus begins to approach and Buddy just says less belief (laughs) which I, I initially thought was him telling the kids to believe less so they could get down but I think it was him detecting the black hole that is Geronicus approaching yes and being like too little belief it's in the negative it is sucking it out of me going down going down ship going down (laughs) Geronicus arrives and the kids are trying to tell him that buddy works but he refuses to believe it because it would not fit into the scope of what he knows and it's all just imagination it doesn't it doesn't apply to the real and journey gets upset and gets sent off to bed Edison gets sent home even after saying it really does work. (sighs) Buddy gets another blanket put over him as Geronicus sings over and over as he starts to think about the past and things that he did wrong and wishes that he could have back. Over and over and over again. And then he laments. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, with the with the shots that they chose to use, I thought that Gustafson was still watching them. Right. But then again, it, it wouldn't matter even if he was, because I doubt they can hear from how far away they are. Um, after which, we next see Journey, I think it is, next. She is sitting on this sitting on some steps outside of the building and Gustafson appears and Journey immediately clocks who he is. I'm pretty sure her mother has told her about him. Honestly, I love how smart they've made her and like, oh God. Yeah. I love, I, that's like one thing that I absolutely love about this is that she is incredibly smart and like, very quick to understand what a situation is the minute it starts and she's just like headstrong and i'm like yes girl go off um because like yeah gustafson comes and he's like hey little girl not like the wolf um but like, <laughs> but like <laughs> more like uh but like the wolf yeah, no, yeah like no, the wolf no. yes go with that analogy he is like the wolf go ahead <laughs> <laughs> He's not trying to eat her or anything, but he's still trying to derive from a little girl what he wants, so. Sure, yeah. And he's just like, uh, you know, are there things going on in there? And she's like, no, this it's simply a pawn shop, my guy. And he's like, yeah, but like, it's, it's you know, it used to be a very big imaginary place. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you. All we do is sell other people's shit. <laughs> and um, she's like, anyway, gotta go. <laughs> I love it. Also, he grabs her just for a second. And I'm just like, don't you boy, dare. if you don't, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will I will come through the screen and arrest you. <laughs> just wait. Um, but he doesn't get what he wants from Journey. 
So he ends up trying again later on when Journey and Geronicus have left. But before that, we do get a very nice scene where... Um, oh, also, uh, Miss Johnston is there as well. Yeah. Uh, initially, because Geronicus like, is trying like, to... mistletoe, and she's, like, trying to kiss him or whatever. She's like, oh my gosh, look at this. Where did it come from? Oh my goodness. I mean, those aren't <laughs> the words, but, like, might as well be. And um, then he gets, like, attacked well um, by a snowball. And he's like, what the fuck? And it's Journey. She's like, let's have some fun. And it turns into, like, a dance battle, like a Afrobeats, like, dance battle snow fight thing. And it's so cute. Um, all the dancing. I love it so much. Oh, man. I love <laughs> musicals. <laughs> Um, no one in the scene is actually singing this um, and also I think it's like an existing song that they pulled into yeah they just made a remix of into it. the yeah but still it is it is the scene that I saw initially on TikTok like when Jingle Jangle was like they were like oh my god this is this is perfect this is look at this like and these kids are like dancing. It's like this is the perfect combination. Look at those costumes with this dancing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is the first moment where we see Geronicus having any bit of fun, like actual fun, like yeah, letting we, himself we relax. We can presume Meanwhile, since thirty years things... <laughs> ago. <laughs> Sinister things are happening elsewhere, where. We don't see much of what happens, but we see that Gustafson enters the shop while Edison is there, and then there's nothing until Journey and Geronicus come back. Uh, she finds... she. I think she's left to clean um, to, because they're continuing to pack up things in preparation for the store closing because Geronicus is very much of the opinion that Buddy doesn't work and there's nothing spectacular to give the bank so they're closing but she spots Edison's glasses on the floor and goes up to the workshop looking for him finds him tied up and realizes through Edison's babbling that Gustafson was there and Edison tried to show off because Gustafson said things about Geronicus not being great and showed Buddy and Gustafson took Buddy. So the oh, two of Edison. them decide that they sweet, have to get <laughs> like he's he's so proud of a man who I think said he was no inventor. Yeah. Like the day before. And I'm just like this like, is this is why loyal you to only a false apprentice is so young. <laughs> but yes, the two of them on their own uh sneak into the back of Miss Johnston's mail truck as it's taking deliveries to Gustafson's 
they sneak out, they get into the factory while this showing of Buddy to investors are happening. After the failure of the twirly whirly, his buyers seem less than enthusiastic, like he does not get all of the cheering and praise that happened the first time that we saw Gustafson. Um, so he goes to present Buddy, and Buddy doesn't work. Buddy doesn't work because the buyers don't have faith in Gustafson and his creations, so there's nothing, there's no belief to propel. And belief is the thing that powers Buddy. Yeah. So, Buddy is Buddy is just there, and the buyers all begin to leave. He is embarrassed for the second time, and he decides that the way to deal with that is to junk Buddy, like to send it to the furnace. Yeah. So the kids hatch a plan to recover Buddy. Meanwhile, Geronicus has realized that the kids are missing and also Buddy. So they're like, what have you done? He goes out to look for them and realizes that there's a sign for Buddy 3000 being unveiled by Gustafson later on. So again, goes to Miss Johnston. But in the proper way this time, actually asking her to help him get to the factory. Uh, the, 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 the flirting thing happens again and she manages to get in there he's looking around for the kids the kids manage to acquire Buddy through some chasing Journey sets fire to part of the warehouse accidentally <laughs> and <laughs> so that's happening meanwhile uh, Diego is having realized that the kids have come to get back Buddy that it's not just a junk uh, even though it's not just a junk toy even though Gustafson had written it off because it hadn't worked that day and so they're now very adamant about getting that toy getting uh, the Buddy back from the kids the kids are now in this tunnel uh, trying to figure out what way to go or how to get through the fan that has activated and Geronicus hears them on the other end of the fan and manages through belief in himself to release the quantum state of possibility and begin to see the math magic and can write it through and recognize what the kids need to do. Now, I wouldn't trust those kids to do what he said they need to do because they're still having to dive through spinning blades. And I feel like a different plan should have been enacted. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> this is You're a magic movie. So. Like, yikes. But okay. But he had the map. And he was right. Yeah, but, yeah sure, he had the map. But then the kids had to execute it. And sure, Journey is fairly smart. Like, but still, it's not like they're, they're driving a motorized thing. They're on a cart. True that. <laughs> they're on a cart barreling down a tunnel. There's no way for them to accurately calculate speed. Maybe Journey is capable of that. But still. Anyway, they managed to get through. They don't crash. They make it to fairly unscathed, but Buddy 
takes the brunt of it having to slow them down in the tunnel kind of destroys him a bit and so when they get out of the building and take off back to the fat back to the the shop rather and they unload buddy buddy is in pieces buddy is wrecked and destroyed and journey reveals to Gervonicus that she was the one that wrote the letter uh, yeah it's just um, after all of this happens. to her mother like it's huh? it's just after the like all the escaping and yada yada happens um yeah where she's like actually you don't know this but <laughs> i sent my mom a letter from you and then sent you a letter from my mom to make this all happen i mean she's very good she's she's very good very smart <laughs> but realizing that um jessica wasn't actually the one who might have wanted journey to come there um it kind of propels him to want to do right by jessica because even though he hadn't written her the way that um he he had expected she even though the letter was fake was still willing to hear from him and even abide by his potential wish yeah um to to meet journey which kind of clicked in his brain the idea that maybe the fact that i thought that she didn't want to hear from me was fabricated so now he just wants to work hard because this is a this is a creature that according to him doesn't work but journey is in love with and was the brainchild of jessica so he really just wants to make it work on the other side we have jessica who is getting ready to make the trip down to wherever um the shop is and she's singing the other side of making it work where she doesn't think their relationship is potentially going to work. So but they sing make, make it work. It work again. It's good. It's like a nice like driving dramatic song. Like he's like, I'm gonna make this like robot work again thing, and she's like, I'm gonna make this relationship work again. It's really great. <laughs> And then, you know, um, Anika riffs for the gods at the end. Uh, <laughs> so, Jessica enters the shop while Geronicus is still working on Buddy. And she is a little um, standoffish and, like, held within herself. Uh, she doesn't approach him closely. She's wringing her hands. And she says that she's here to take Journey home early because she fully expects that uh, Geronicus would have tired of her by now. Mm -hmm. But, and he almost let it slip that he wasn't the one that wrote the letter, but instead he switches it to revealing how much he never expected that he, that Journey would be so delightful to have around and that she was great and um, all of that. And Jessica is glad and acknowledges that they had a good time, but is still kind of holding 
within herself maybe things that she's wanted to say and it isn't until he begins to apologize that he that she lets it out that like what is he apologizing for for not being there for her for um not writing her at all and he's like i wanted to write you i just thought you wouldn't want to hear from me and then he opens a cupboard until he opens the cabinet yeah jesus christ letters (laughs) upon letters upon letters slide out like a whole fucking ocean wave when he says like floods all the way out when when he says i thought of you every day he really meant it like 30 years worth of letters in that cabinet yeah it's like pack oh, it up, Jesus. Noah. But um, that is a notebook <laughs> reference. <laughs> and he seems to know everything that he wrote because there's just he just picks one at random, and and she she takes it from him and he's mouthing along the the words that she's reading. So it means that he has like he put great thought into the thing that he was writing like he probably thought about it for for days and days and days and every word meant enough that he remembers what he wrote and i'm just like bruh just you're friends with the male lady like she should have just stole one of them from you jesus christ although i wonder if that's like a deeper connection like all of his unsent letters and then his his standoffish relationship with the postal again that's reading way too much into it actually (laughs) let me stop um so (laughs) their relationship (laughs) seems to be on the mend uh from jessica realizing that her father actually does care but he's just not confident and they begin to work together a bit realizing she she realizes what's on the table and they begin to work together and you can see the mending of the relationship beginning to happen it's not completely fixed but um they're they're working together uh like they potentially should have been all of these years yeah. and by morning which they Jessica says that it's if, if he would want them then they would um, spend the evening or maybe spend Christmas there with him and he's happy for that to happen um, but yeah no they work together they manage to assemble buddy journey arrives and sees her mother and grandfather work together and the fact that they've rebuilt buddy and now it's just time to put in the heart component and journey just wants geronicus to believe that buddy is going to work buddy turns on buddy works and then uh he is geronicus and buddy have like a nice short conversation just like it's good to see you, Geronicus. It's like nice to nice to meet you, buddy, kind of a thing. And then there's a commotion, and we go out to see that Gustafson is there 
with the police and Diego, apparently, and they're there to arrest Geronicus for stealing Buddy because Gustafson has the designs for Buddy and it proves that it's his work and all of that stuff. And Journey's, journey's like, like uh-uh. so- no, 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 no. Actually, it is. My, it's like our plans and I can prove it. And then she goes to reveal the magic ink thing that like she had written her grandfather's name on the plan. Like, see, this proves that it was his. Yeah. And I mean, I guess. <laughs> Like, how else would Gustafson be in possession of something, of those plans with that name on it, like, in the magic ink, I guess. I was about to, like, contest it. And I was like, actually, no, it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, and also, how would she know that they're there? Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could argue that they broke in and then wrote that on the plans, but it seems like fairly contrived. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where they could have just stolen the plans themselves. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the cops still, flip it on uh, him. Oh, and Diego's like, yes, all of this time I was just a pawn in his game of chess. I did not plan any of this. I'm the innocent party. I too have been wronged, <laughs> and. Um, and uh, um, Jonicus is like, um, yeah, whatever. Like, you are still a great toy. You'll like, kids will love you all over. Also, I'm gonna kill you now. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, removes his life force. There's like a a. a th- a switch in the back and he just like clicks it off and I'm just like all oh, this time there was an off switch yeah. yeah oh and the cops have obviously flipped and they're like aha Gustafson you're the evil one and before they take him away Jeronicus is like wait actually 30 years ago I wanted to give you this present and it's one of the component thingies that he was telling Gustafson to work out before yeah like right at the beginning gyroscopic stabilizer yeah and it's like see if you had waited a little longer if you had just shut your ears to Diego um you would have gotten this thing and you would have made whatever toy it is that you wanted to make the twisty twirly twirly whatever the twirly whirly (laughs) that and then he uh, gets arrested the bank uh, owner comes and is like oh my god (laughs) well old chap today is the day (laughs) and buddy just appears just floats down and is just like (laughs) and the bank owner is just like what what is this It's like, but I, I, well, I promised you something spectacular. Spectacular, yes, amazing, amazing, yes. <laughs> just like, and um, he's like, we'll give you all the money forever. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's so funny. He's just like, aha, you will never lack for funding. And it's like, I mean, he had potential before. Like, what's to say he will 
not like you after this you won't go back to like not being able to think of something um but anyways i just th- thought that was such a stupid funny line <laughs> still um the draw the appeal begins to summon all of the people in to see buddy i don't know if they're gonna mass produce buddies after this but um Everyone comes in to, to, to see Buddy. The belief propels uh, Geronicus to float up with Buddy. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful time. And then we realize that uh, through the ending of the story that everything that was taken from him gets uh, given back and jangles and things becomes like the wonderful Emporium that it was meant to be again. And, and the story ends, and we realize that Felicia Rashad is representing an older journey who uh, is now grandmother to these young kids. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Do these kids just not know, know their family history? People? Yeah, like. Because <laughs> it's a little Just like suspicious. ever at all. Babe, like, the whole time she's like. And Mr. Jangle, da 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 da, and it's like, you're not, well, you're, you're not clocking may- this. Unless she used aliases maybe, maybe for the she, story. Maybe she might have. It it would make sense, but then it doesn't make sense because there is a as the kids um look out of the window, there's this like giant factory with a J on it, and they're like. Is this Geronicus's factory now? And I'm just like, like so clearly, where you been? There's a toy maker <laughs> with a giant J up on this hill, and I'm guessing you've never seen them before. Are they like floating in an airship? Like, what is happening right now? Um, yeah, I mean, they but... also reveal the thing with the fire and like the images and being like, yes, that is an inherited thing, kind of thing. And um, he's yeah. like, oh, cool. And the, the grand, great-great-grandson or whatever is like, so that means Geronicus is our great-great, yes, great-great-grandfather. And I'm like, babe. Because, <laughs> like, also, I just... Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe when she got married, she changed of, her name. Fine. But she's telling the history of her family, right? Have, like... Parts of that story, at some point, must have made it to them. You know what I mean? Like, she told her daughter, <laughs> and then her daughter or son, or uh, we were not told what parent it is. Um, well, no. No, that's not true, because she said in the beginning that she's never told this story to anyone. But <laughs> so why? So she did not tell <laughs> <laughs> she did not tell either her son or daughter. <laughs> whoever whoever she gave birth to that gave her grandchildren, she did not tell them this story. <laughs> Maybe she didn't need to. Maybe it was just like I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it's like, well, here's some family history. And then she unveils Buddy and they look at the factory and they're like, oh, that factory that's obviously been there since y'all arrived there if you don't live there. You didn't look out the window once? <laughs> but anyway, they're like, that's the factory? And then they fly to it. And then the movie ends. 
And then there's like a credits yeah. scene thing made up of the book montage thing. So it's like telling. Yeah, but it's how like initially, <laughs> initially, yeah, initially I wasn't like watching it because I just thought, oh, they're just like reusing some of the book models in the credits, and I was just like, oh wait, no, they're continuing. They're telling what's happened after. Right, right, right. Okay, let me just go back and listen to this song again. <laughs> Uh. Um, but yeah. yeah no then the movie's over it is I actually forgot to mention the thing that I mentioned earlier only because I wanted to mention it at the end is that at some point towards the end um, Geronic Geronicus has a mistletoe <laughs> and it was like oh, I'm yeah. not ready to be loved let's kiss and then kisses her I mean, those aren't just <laughs> words, but you know, that's what it, that's what it symbolizes. Um, it's the essence of what happens. Yeah, and it it happens again, which is why I mentioned it to, in the beginning because I was like, they brought that back for no reason. I mean, for a reason, I guess. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let us get into our ratings. So, starting with music and choreography as we do, I enjoyed the music. Uh, there was there was never really an issue with any of the songs for me. There weren't that many. So, Slim Pickings, like even though this movie was two hours, there were like, uh, let me see, how many songs were there? One, two, three, four, Nine. five, six, seven, eight... There are eight songs, and then a ninth one that's a reprise, and a tenth one that's not sung by anyone. So, it's a small number of songs. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed all of them. Uh, choreography, I also enjoyed. They really do, when you watch the movie, you'll know what I mean when I say they really like this step thing that they're doing a lot, where they like stomp the ground just in front of them just a little bit and run in place they, <laughs> they enjoyed doing that and I don't know who the choreography was, choreographer was Wait, but they I decided that out. they liked let's see if I can find out <laughs> um. they, they enjoy that move very much <laughs> oh wow it's just the thing that I noticed um it didn't detract from my enjoyment of the choreography. I just noticed it in like every big number that they did. There would always be like a little run in place preceded by stomping the ground just in front of them. Yeah, though, no, for uh, music and choreography, I think I am going to give it. Uh, let me see. Like a, a solid four. Yeah, a solid 4.25 uh, Diego Dolls. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of the songs, man. They're just, like, fun to listen to. And the people singing them sound amazing. And, um, you know, like, I didn't have, like, major issues either with any of the songs. Um, I would be, I would say so if I did. Uh, but like yeah it's just like a fun time it's great to know that Keegan-Michael Key can sing um, 
Yeah, I'm like as I'm talking, I'm trying to find the choreographer, and I can't see them being credited on IMDb, which I'm not super happy with, but whatever. Um, anyways, yeah, it was a good time musically, and the choreography was fun. I didn't notice the running in place thing. Um, oh, I did. That's really funny to me because it's like a standard like musical theater thing to just like have that one thing that everyone can definitely do, like a bo- like a school bo- box square, <laughs> a box step, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, or marching on one day more, you know. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, all of that being said, <laughs> I give it, I would, yeah, man, 4, 4.25 Diego sounds like a good number to me. Okay. Uh, next is Story. Uh, it had one. And I say this because <laughs> if you've been listening to us, you, you know there, there are some that try <laughs> and they do not succeed in having one. Um, but it had a clear like start, then an antagonist appeared, plot happened, there was kind of a climax. It had an emotional resolution, things were resolved. But yeah, the story happened, and it was not for the life of me. I think I probably enjoyed this so much because it was not a romance. There was no romance to be seen apart from what was played like as a side. It was a side, you know? And I can deal with that. I love it when there are stories about other things. Please God, give me more. (laughs) I beg of you. Um... But it was a story about, you know, the relationship between the grandfather and the daughter. And yes, they had the trope where the mother died to feel the pain of a man who then had to resolve his grumpy nature by establishing um, the love for the other women in his life. Yes, yes, that happened. Sure, I understand. But, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often. And I just like it when it does, okay? Fair. <sighs> So, I will say for story, um, was it terribly unpredictable? No. Did I know it was going to have a happier resolution? Yes. Did I still enjoy it? Yes. So, uh, I'll give it four... I'm going to stick with 4.25. Yeah, 4.25 books of invention. Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, man. The story was engaging um i was never bored um i loved the character of journey and how she was written she wasn't like and like there's sometimes a tendency to write like um precocious girls as very annoying and like know-it-all-y and like you know, just, like, painting, like, smart girls as, like, bad thing. I didn't feel any of that with Journey. Like, you know, she was confident and capable, but, like, also not... Por- and that wasn't, like, portrayed in any way as, like, 
a negative thing in any way. And I really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, you know, they did have a couple tropes that I was like, wish we didn't have to do this. Um, But overall, I did enjoy the story quite a lot. Um, And I will give it, I will give it four invention books. Also, I can't find a choreographer per se, but I found someone who's credited as a, oh fuck, I can't find it anymore. Like choreographer, assistant director or something like that. Um, Yeah, choreographer, assistant director. And I can't really find anything else in their discography, filmography, that indicates (laughs) um, that they've choreographed other things. So So we can't go back in, in their filmography and be like, this is just a thing that they like to do. Um, anyways, yes, for invention. Fair books. enough. <laughs> and then overall enjoyment. I enjoyed myself. I mean, okay, so th- we're black, and <laughs> yes. it's not very often that we just get black centered stories that, how do I put this? Um, are just about, about, about <laughs> and like the yeah. struggles of it yeah and but this wasn't about like like there were struggles but it wasn't related to them being black yeah for once it was it was related to like circumstances it was related to um circumstances that people can relate to in their own lives kind of no matter their skin color and I appreciated that because it lets yourself engage a bit more in the elements of fantasy that are there. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be bogged down by the reality. And it's not to say that reality can't be reflected in fictional tales, but it just gives you a minute to breathe and just enjoy what is meant to be something fun and whimsical and just there to be consumed and not even though we spent so much time I primarily overthinking several aspects of this movie um but it's not there necessarily for you to overthink about it yeah it's just there to be enjoyed and just kind of accepted um and I I liked that about the film and again this is not saying that films can't be centered around blackness and not be fun and whimsical but I appreciate the effort that they made to have a black centered film without a lot of trauma because there's been so much trauma this year yeah yeah. and I appreciate that primarily yeah I really do uh so I think overall enjoyment, I was thoroughly engaged with uh, Journey's character, with Jeronicus's character, both of whom I kind of had canon as autistic, um, which I will be happy to engage in a dialogue about. But still, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and 
uh, would I watch it again? I don't watch things on repeat very often, but I wouldn't mind. Like, you kind of, you know, kind of how you kind of watch Nightmare Before Christmas fairly often? I would not mind watching this again, like, come next Christmas. Right. So, that is my stance. Um, So, I will give it, what is the number? Four... There's nothing but high ratings for this movie. I'm just <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, no, four point two five. Yeah, it's four point. It's four point two five buddies. All right, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the songs. I enjoyed the story. It was yeah. I also had that thought that feeling of like I love that there's a black centered story that isn't based in real life trauma um, which like you said is not necessarily a thing that uh, doesn't need to be depicted or whatever or shouldn't be depicted in media but it is just nice to have something that is like a regular story that literally any race can have been injected into this truly because um, it's just a fun little fantasy magic toy romp for Christmas you know um, so I, I definitely had that feeling of like oh this is great I love seeing all these black people just like sing about making toys um, it's great. Um, and as a result, I will give it 4.25 buddies. So, yes. David E. Talbert, you gave us a, a cute little Christmas romp that I wouldn't mind watching again as well. <laughs> like I would, I would also, not immediately, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> like next year as well, I'll be like, Hey, little cousin, want to watch this? Or whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And yeah, that's the end of the ratings bit. On this podcast, we are just obsessed. That's it. So, I cannot believe that this has happened 2020 has been a wild ride uh a couple of episodes ago we brought up the fact that there was a ratatouille musical that had been brainchild fostered grown on tiktok and now news has come about (laughs) that it's going to for one night only be a a production on Broadway that will be streamed live for people and you can buy tickets to the Ratatouille musical. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean you know, here I was <laughs> saying that Disney was about to send a bunch of cease and desist, but look at them. I don't know if Disney's at all involved, but look at Broadway being like, Well, hey. I mean, they probably had to give 
permission. Probably. But, yeah. I don't know. That's cute. I love that for us. I am so proud and tired at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how to describe how I feel about the fact that the Ratatouille musical is happening in real life. Yeah. I, I don't have the words. I don't have the wherewithal. It's amazing. Oh. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, okay, this is not an obsession, but I'd watched a video, a couple videos, um, talking about this. <laughs> Did you see the Grinch live with Matthew Morrison? I did not. Oof, there are some clips there that I don't know if it's representative necessarily of the show in its entirety, like given whatever circumstances, blah, blah, blah. But, um, oh, it's so awkward and cringy. Oh, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's Matthew Morrison as Mr. Shoe playing the Grinch. It's, Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's this, like, some weird, uncomfortable, like, like, like sensuality imposed. Um, he says that he took his, like, portrayal, um, ba- like, he based it on Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker, which is also, like, a, okay, choices. Um, but which is like fair make it like a make a bold why? choice because like why? <laughs> i don't know but, but why the, <laughs> the grinch is nothing akin to the joker not even in any portrayal that's not the point of the grinch yeah i know what? Um, i'm just saying like yeah make big very specific choices because obviously the all-time favorite grinch is jim carrey who you can't just yeah. do an impression of because otherwise it's just like a bad impression of Jim Carrey and like who wants to see that. Um, so I understand the choice of being like, I'm just going to do this outlandish thing. Uh, I, I don't think it paid off and I feel kind of bad for him because people been dogging on him on TikTok for <laughs> his um, Glee character, um, which again, I don't necessarily think is just him you know what i mean like i don't like i'm not uncomfortable with his existence as much as i am with his character in please existence and apparently also his version of the grinch <laughs> um but yeah so that happened um i'm sure you can find it somewhere and watch it um yeah I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I also don't know if I want to because I haven't seen The Grinch the Musical um, or heard any of its music before because I think it was a stage yeah. show previously um, to this. Uh, but I don't know, man. <laughs> the definitive Grinch for me is the one with Taylor Momsen. You know, pretty reckless. We love it. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, the thing that I am very intrigued bordering on obsessed with is something called broadway murder mysteries or bullets on broadway i mean 
We all know I love a murder mystery. <laughs> we all know. It sounds up your alley. It really does. Right? It's so great. Um, it is happening on Wednesday, January 6th, um, 8 p.m. to 9.15 Eastern Standard Time. And um, so you can buy a ticket um, to be part of the show, have a role, and that ticket is $25 or $24.99. But you could just pay a ticket to be an offstage detective, so just solve the crime, and that is $6.99. Um, and yeah, you, so, okay, let me look at what website I'm on. The website. But are you going to be a role, though? I don't know, man. I don't have money <laughs> to be spending on uh, on a show as much as I want to. I know, but then you could, but then you could say you were in a Broadway show. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I will contemplate. I know I'm not wrong. This is why I said the words. <laughs> I will contemplate it and maybe like ask for the money for Christmas or something for my mom. Um, but yeah, if you are interested in that, uh, you can go to events.eventzilla.net forward slash Broadway dash murder dash mystery, I think is the whole thing but you could also just google um bullets on broadway or broadway murder mystery and you probably find it um but yeah i thought this is a very fun and interesting concept that i really want to take part in but i don't know if i have the financial backing to do so um but yeah is that is that all Ooh, actually, no. I have I one more all. obsession. Oh, I have not. exactly one <laughs> more obsession. I mentioned her before, Marisha Wallace. She does this thing on Wednesdays where she like does a live and like um, invites people on her live to sing with her or just sing to her live. And um, this past Wednesday, it happens every Wednesday, I think. And this past Wednesday, Leslie Odom Jr. was on it. And uh, you can find, like, on her Instagram, Marisha Wallace, um, you can find the video of that live. And I just, it's such a cool thing. I want to take part, but, like, I never remember to. Because um, also, she I think she's in UK time, and she does, like, 8 o'clock UK time, which is 10 o'clock my time, but is also 3 o'clock? Eastern Standard Time, which is when I'm usually taking a class. So, I don't know. One of these days, man. One of these days. <laughs> I will get on to mo sing with Marisha Wallace and sing with her. But, um, yes. Anyway, <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. was on this past Wednesday and it was great. So, I got to watch her back. Um, but, yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, well, the episode, really. <laughs> and the end of the year. By the time you hear this, Christmas will have come by and left, and New Year's will be on the horizon. I mean, if you hear this on the week that it's uploaded, yada yada. But um, yeah, I hope you have had a great Christmas, as great as you can have one in our current climate. Um, you can 
follow us on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> um, at DMMTMM Podcast. You can follow us on Tumblr at tumblrpodcast.tumblr.com. You can email us at tumblrpodcast at gmail.com. You can become a patron on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TMMTM. If you look for TMF, Tell Me More, Tell Me More podcast, you will find the 2018 phase, 2019 phase, and 2020 phase, which is, the, this is the last time we'll be adding to that. Um, and, um, yeah. I don't know. Goodbye, 2020, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, for now, uh, I've been your host and I've been your host, Adicia. And this is Lynn, so we want to more the podcast. Happy New Year! Goodbye! <laughs> Goodbye. The sun.